we've got a brand new series is called Fake. <clears throat> it's not a fake message or a fake series, but fake is defined as being unreal or preposterous. Or it can also be defined as a person who performs actions only to create an image, a fake person. Um, in more recent times, the word fake has even become, or fake has become more and more acceptable into our culture. Um, and we've even developed a whole new word. Well, I don't know whether we've developed it, but it's, but it's become more prevalent in, in our usage of it. And so that it doesn't sound so bad, we've used this word faux. It sounds much more posh, doesn't it? Faux leather. Fake leather. Yeah, no, I will go with faux. It, it sounds so much nicer to, to have that said than it is to use the word fake. And in more recent times, more recent new, uh, years, the term fake news <clears throat> has come to the fore. It's been much more prevalent. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I'm not sure when it began, but it seems that one could argue that it can be traced right back to the trial of Jesus because he was arrested and found guilty on fake charges, false charges. So we could go back there and it's the fakeness of all of that. So if fake news is not new, then why is it become the forefront of our culture and uh, the, the society that we're living in and plaguing our society in so much because I hear the idea of fake news everywhere. That's just fake. And one big reason I think it's happening is because of social media. Not that social media is wrong, but because social media has fueled the flames. It's become social media uh, platforms like Facebook and Instagram and, and Twitter and Snapchat and even um, Instagram and YouTube, they have become a one-stop shop for us to share content but and interacting with others, but also getting our news. And we typically listen and read those things and they become what we think about. And in honestly, honestly, the whole process is there's not always true. Fake news. And today I want to address another area of fakeness in fake news, and that is in the church because there is some fakeness that's around the church circles. And it's this, it's that religion and Christianity are the same thing. Our culture talks about religion in the same context that Christian Christianity is all about. And while there is a context where Christianity may be a form of religion, there are many things that are not religious about being a Christian. And we need to be understanding the difference. What is the difference between being religious and being a Christ follower? And there are certainly a huge number of differences. And if you listen to the last series um, in the week two, I think it was, I shared to you that I rarely use the word Christian. And it's because of this issue, because Christianity has been aligned with religiosity 
And I think there's a blur of what Christians or being a Christian even means. But true Christianity is more aligned with being a Christ follower than it is about being religious. And the reality is religious is being described as anything but Christian in so many ways. The old, uh, the, in the Scriptures, religious describes the Pharisees. The, the Pharisees were very religious people. They were the leaders of the church and they were the ones who were supposed to teach everybody else what the Bible or what the Scriptures told them. But they had become very religious, which was the very issue that Jesus had with them, that they were very much more religious than they were to do with Christ following. Religious is describing the Pharisees. It certainly didn't describe the first Christians in any sense. Being religious is having to keep a bunch of rules and, and living the right way so that others might notice that we are doing the right thing and keeping the right rules. But being a Christian is anything but that. Religious has nothing to do about keeping or having to keep anything. It has nothing to do with, with having to keep anything. Being religious describes what we do. Being a Christian describes who we are. And we need to understand there is a very big difference between those things. Being a Christian is really about having a relationship with Jesus Christ, with the one who created us and knows us best. Christianity or being a Christ follower ought to be about having a true relationship. But being religious is a shift from having this joyful obedience in our, in our understanding of God and living a transformed life to simply doing the right thing and putting on a good show, abstaining from the wrong things, doing the right things so that we can keep to the letter of the law and tick a whole heap of boxes to say, you know what, I'm very religious. Religion only allows for an outward appearance it does not transform a person. It doesn't change our heart. Rather, in, in quite opposite to that, it puts up a front and an appearance that's no greater than skin deep for most of us. And that impacts the church. That impacts the, the local church, but it also impacts the global church because our culture talks about being religious. And if we say to someone that we go to church you will probably be called religious or you reading your Bible, uh, you're religious or you go to a, you know, a small group, a Bible study group, you could be defined as being religious. And that impacts the local church because religious, the religious side of it is really not what we need to be listening to because it's not about what we do at all. Some might even say that there is a spirit behind this mindset, a religious spirit. And I might agree, I would agree with that. But whether there is or there is not, isn't the, isn't the issue. The problem is that it's the mindset that we have adopted within our Christian culture that it is what we do that determines who we are rather than who we are in determining what we do. And that is the problem. 
And if we do what we think we need to do in order to be a Christian, what that will lead to us is what's happening in the church globally is a lot of mediocrity, a lot of half-heartedness, a lack of contentment, a lack of commitment, and also people beginning to think that to, you can be a Christian if you're doing the right stuff. And we're to blame. The church is really to blame for a lot of that because we've made all these rules and regulations or we've impact, inputted all these rules and regulations. And that mindset that religion and Christianity is the same thing is fake. It's wrong. It's completely wrong. So your first point, if you're filling out your notes or you've got your notes or you want to take notes, religion is about doing, but relationship is about being. Religion is about doing, relationship is about being. Jesus actually, while he was with, with us on this planet, spoke about the Pharisees and he had a bunch of people starting to follow him. And in fact, this one time that we're about to read in Luke 12, it says there were thousands. Meanwhile, the crowd grew until thousands were milling around and stepping on each other. Jesus turned first to his disciples and warned them, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees, their hypocrisy. The time is coming when everything that is covered up will be revealed and all that is secret will be made known to all. Whatever you've said in the dark will be heard in the light and whatever you've whispered behind closed doors will be shouted from the housetops for all to hear. The problem that Jesus had with the Pharisees wasn't that they didn't know their scriptures. They did know the scriptures, but they based their faith in doing all the right things. They determined that their faith was attributed to them keeping a bunch of rules. And in fact, they'd, they've instigated a whole extra set of rules, about 600 or so extra rules for people to follow to prove that they were a Christ follower or a, or a God follower. And their hypocrisy was that they didn't do all the things that they even said that they were going to do. They, they, they looked good on the outside, keeping all the right things, but Jesus actually caused them to think a bit and that was the problem that they had with him because they were doing things for a show and it wasn't from the heart. <clears throat> Putting on a show in that context makes us look good. It's easy to put on a show and... And I guess that's the caution that I I'm saying to each of us. It's even from my perspective, it's easy to put on a show for you on a Sunday. But if my, sir, my, my weekday stuff does not parallel up to my Sunday stuff, then nothing's going to impact anything. So unless my life is, is and my heart desire is to do that, what I present or share it to you on a weekly basis isn't going to have very much impact at all. Others might see it, but that's not going to be how it's true. And that's being religious. That's what religious is all about. Putting on a show that makes us look good when in fact our motives are anything but good. Our hearts are a long way from that. And that's what Jesus was saying when he said, 
the time is coming when everything is going to be that is covered up now will be revealed. We just read that. Whatever secret will be made known, whatever you've said in the dark will be heard in the light, and whatever you've whispered behind closed doors will be shouted from the housetops. That's what Jesus meant by that. He was saying that there is going to come a day when all of your heart stuff is going to be on display. So you can put on a front or we can put on a front for ourselves, but the reality is that's not going to impact anything. It's not going to get us into the kingdom of God. It's not going to get us into the heaven. At the right time, our thoughts and our wills and our heart attitude will be on display. And Jesus spoke of the Pharisees when he said, what sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law you and you Pharisees hypocrites. You're like whitewashed tombs. I love that phrase. Well, I don't, but I think it's a kind of a cool phrase. Beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. Outwardly, you look like righteous people, but inwardly, your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. That was the issue. They were intent on doing rather than on being. They, they were intent on ticking the boxes of spirituality and being religious rather than on keeping to the heart of why the law was there in the first place. And while religion is about doing the right things, Christ followers is about being the right person. And that's really the, the difference at that point. It's, it's why we do what we do. It's not doing what we do to put on a show. It's the heart of why we do what we do. It's a shift from, <coughs> excuse me, from proving that we're good people by doing good things to a desire to just be obedient because it's the right thing to do. Obedience to Christ, to follow him. And that shift means... May, may mean even going to church and reading the Bible and praying and, and obeying the law of the land and working hard and, and not being in conflict with the word of God. When the, when the law of the land is, is giving us things to do, we should be doing that unless it's in conflict with the word of God. Protecting life in the womb and a whole heap of other things. But just because we do those things doesn't mean that we're a Christian. It does not mean that we're even a Christ follower because you can do all of those things and not have a heart that wants to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Those things as a Christ follower may be things that we should do, and they are, but those things don't determine who we are. And we need to be recognising that if we come into a meeting like we have today or listening online to, to things that are happening within the, in the service and those sorts of things, we do that not to tick a box in God's role up there to say, oh, they've been good people this week or they've, been, they've attended a church service, but he's looking at the heart and we need to be careful about that. Those things don't make us a Christ follower, but they are what a Christ follower should do. And so in obedience to him, our desire should always be to please him. Secondly, religion introduces me. Relationship introduces Jesus. Religion introduces me, but relationship with Christ 
introduces Jesus. Again, Jesus in Matthew 6 says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. Remember, he's already called the Pharisees the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything, the heart and what you do, will reward you. Again, this was directed towards the religious leaders and the Pharisees. And the Pharisees would do these things not because they wanted to or they had a good heart, but because they wanted to see others to see how spiritual they were. They would parade themselves around, making out that they were much better than they really were, which, which was part of the problem when Jesus highlighted that, but it's part of even the thing that we've got to be cautious of in our culture. They would stand out on the street corners. They would pray long and involved prayers. They would want others to see how good they were. And that's the thing about religion. Religion focuses on me. It focuses on us. But being a Christ follower focuses on Christ. It it focuses on what he wants us to do. Being religious will cause us to do things so that others see how good we are, but being a Christ follower will cause people to see Jesus, which is what Jesus said should happen in Matthew 5. He says, you, as talking to the Christ followers, the disciples, he said, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way... Let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise you. doesn't say that. It says, we'll praise your heavenly Father. That's why we do what we do, so that people don't see us, they see him. And when we confuse religion with being a Christ follower, we miss out on the best part of following Jesus, true joy. We miss out on on joy when we do things because we have to. It's not too long before we get frustrated or we get upset with other people for not doing enough or mad at the church for taking up our family time when I've got other things that I really want to do. And it won't be too long before we don't enjoy meeting together at all because of what we have to do. Religion brings us to focus on ourselves. But when true heart transformation takes place in us, it reorients our focus to be on Jesus Christ. And if our focus is on self, the scriptures tell us very clearly what will happen. Watch out. And again, he's dealing with the the, the Christ followers or the, the disciples, but he's talking about the Pharisees. Don't let or don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. And when you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they've received all the reward they will ever get. 
And that's where the problem starts for us is that we think that if we're just good people, if we do all these right things, we're going to tick a box in heaven that says, you've been a good person, you should get into heaven. When in reality, doing the good things with the wrong motives is actually something we is not going to get us into heaven at all. Number three, religion will send us to hell, but relationship will get us to heaven. If we're doing things with the selfish motive, then our heart is not aligned with what God wants at all because, as we just said, it should focus and give clarity to who Jesus is that when people see us, they see Christ. But if they see the good deeds and, and, and only see us or want us, we want them to focus on us, our heart motive is not in the right place Matthew 23 says, What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites, again, because you shut the door of the kingdom in people's faces. You won't go in yourselves and you won't let others enter into the kingdom of heaven. He's talking about either. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, you hypocrites, For you cross land and sea to make one convert and then you turn that person into twice the child of hell that you yourselves are. That's pretty strong words. That's pretty abrupt. And what Jesus is saying to the Pharisees was that teaching people to do the right things for the right right things case to get them into heaven, if they were going to just tick boxes and live right and do the right things, that was a lie. Jesus is saying, you're teaching them to be sons of hell by doing that. There is absolutely, here's the truth, there is absolutely nothing left for us to do to get into the kingdom of heaven because it's all been done. It's been done for you and I by Jesus Christ He has done everything necessary for us to get into the kingdom of heaven. We don't need to do anything. It's a free gift. The the scriptures tell us that no one on their own standard is righteous enough to get into the kingdom of heaven. Because we are not good enough, there is nothing that we can do. Because we are born with this disobedient nature. You don't have to teach your children to be disobedient. No one wants their children to be be disobedient. We have to teach them to be obedient. And that's because we're all born with this disobedient nature in us. We all fall short of God's standard of what it means to get into heaven because he says to get into heaven, we've got to be living right and doing right and our heart's got to be right and we've got to make sure that happens. But we can't do that. So what did he do? In Romans 3, he tells us the problem. Everyone's sinned. Everyone's done wrong. We all fall short of God's glorious standard of getting into heaven. But God doesn't abandon us. What did he do? He's not willing that any of us should go to hell. In fact, what 2 Peter tells us that he's not slow in keeping his promises. 
as some people think, because his promise is that he will come back. His promise is that he will watch over us. No, what he's the reason or the reason that he has not come back yet is because he's patient with us for our sake. He doesn't want anyone to be sent to hell. He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to repent. So what does he do? He holds off doing what he knows he needs to do at some point until everyone has that opportunity to repent and get their lives right because he doesn't want anyone to go to hell. But while the cost is free to us because we get to go to heaven by believing who in Jesus Christ. We get to go to heaven not because based on what we have done, but we get to heaven based on what Jesus has done when we put our trust and our faith in him. And while it's, it's a free gift given to us, extended to us, Jesus says, I'm done everything, it's yours. But while it costs us nothing, it did not come cheap. It came at a cost. Jesus did what we could not do. He paid the price that was mine to pay and yours to pay so that he took upon himself my sinful behaviour, my sinful attitudes, my bad thoughts, all of those things. He took upon my sin and he paid the price for me. He took the punishment for our disobedience. It's a free gift, though. But what was the cost? Death. It's what Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin or the payment for sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ because of what Jesus did. We have the privilege and the opportunity to be in the kingdom of heaven based on what Jesus did, not based on what I'm doing. So being religious isn't about keeping to the letter of the law. It's we may very well, if we keep just to the letter of the law without a change of heart, may very well send us to hell. We might find ourselves being very dissatisfied with that result, but the reality is we've been warned in the scriptures which is why we, we can't keep to the letter of the law. We can't even keep to the letter of the law because we've already blown it. If we keep to the letter of the law, here's a thing for you to think about. If we keep to the very letter of the law, will that get us into the kingdom of heaven? Maybe if we could do that. But the problem is that you, have, you and I have already blown it because of that sin nature or that disobedient nature. We don't have a hope because it says that one transgression or one thing done wrong eliminates the possibility of that happening. So while we may keep every aspect of the law after we've come to realise what we've done wrong, we've already broken it. And as soon as, soon as we disobey our parents, we've broken the law. As soon as we tell a lie or we take something that's not ours or we think lustful thoughts or we fail to keep the Lord's day as holy 
or we break the law in some way, go over the speed limit. It's impossible for us to do the right stuff or to do enough to get into heaven. We can't do anything. In Romans 3, the first part of verse 25, he says, God presented Jesus Christ as the sacrifice for sin. In other words, he gave us Jesus Christ to pay the price that we could never pay. People are made right when, with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. That's the key. We know we can be into the kingdom of heaven when we make a decision to follow Jesus Christ, the Christ follower, not the religious spirit. To believe in Jesus, when it talks about believing in Jesus, it means literally to trust him enough to do what he wants us to do, not just believe he exists. Scriptures tell us that even, even the demons in hell believe that. Knowing that he exists is not enough, but to believe in Jesus is to trust him to do what he wants us to do, to be obedient to him even when the rest of the world might think it's strange or weird or stupid. To be a Christ follower, to follow him despite our society making it hard to follow Jesus Christ. Our world generally does not mind if we're religious, if people are religious. We accommodate religiousness. There are so many people who, who are religious. That's not the issue. But we, they declare as Christ followers, the whole, when we talk about that, the whole society blows up. Bigots, divisive. It ends up, we, it will cost us in, in things like denying us promotions or, or job positions. They are, our culture is deliberately creating laws that, that go against God's word to make living as a Christ follower all the more difficult. Punishing anyone who does not follow him. That's what it means. And it's time we recognise the truth because our world is spinning us a whole bunch of, of fake news hoping that we will fall for it. If we are just good people, we will end up in the kingdom of heaven. The sad part is many believe it. Many think and understand that I can, I'm a good person. I'm, I'm, and we all think we, we, if we're going to have the choice of going to heaven or hell, there's going to be very few that would choose hell. These times, these times that we're in, do not catch God by surprise. In fact, Jesus said these things would happen in the last days. In Matthew 24, he says, in the last days you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world, but all of this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. Then you'll be arrested, persecuted and killed. You'll be hated all over the world because you are my followers. 
And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. What Jesus is outlining for us is that there is going to be a whole heap of tough calls for us as Christians, as Christ followers. It's going to get hard. It's going to cause us to to be divided against society. So if you think that you could end up in heaven by just being good, that's simply just not true. It's fake news and the works-based system. That means that if I can do enough, I will get into heaven. The work-based system of salvation is a foreign message to Jesus Christ. Whether or not one enters into heaven is not dependent upon being good. It's not about hoping we've done enough good deeds that outweigh our bad deeds so that we can do a balance. And you know what? what, If it were, wouldn't it be weird or sad if we were to get to heaven or get to the, the, the gates of heaven or to be the throne of God in judgment and he was doing that. He was measuring up our good works against our bad works and we missed out by one good work. Wouldn't that be disappointing? Oh, if you'd just done one more thing, you would have been in. Missed by the skin of your teeth. It's not about that. It can never be about that. Ephesians 2 tells us that God saved us by his grace. And when you believed and you can't take credit for that, it's a gift of God. It's not what we've done. It's given to us as a free gift. Salvation's not the reward of the good things that we do so that we can't boast about it. I can't stand before you and say, I've done more good things than you've done. So I deserve heaven more than you. I don't deserve heaven at all. Because I have broken God's law so many times. The only reason that I deserve or will be in the kingdom of heaven is based on my faith in Jesus Christ, based on what he has done. Grace is another word, or, or it means unmerited favour, giving, giving, giving us something we don't deserve. When we extend grace, they might not deserve it, but we're doing it anyway. It's an act of grace and God has extended his grace to us. We deserve hell, but because of our faith and our belief in the Lord Jesus Christ, he gives us our our heart's desire to be in that kingdom. In short, the only way into the kingdom of heaven is through Jesus Christ. It's by believing in him. He's the way, the truth and the life. So I don't know where you all are today. I know where some are, but that's not the the issue. The issue is if you do not know for 100% confident assurance positively that you would be in the kingdom of heaven, if you were to die today, I want you to be. Because the scriptures tell us that when we believe, and remember what believe means, it's not just existing, it's doing what he says. When we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that he is Lord, we will be saved. It's a, it's a promise. We can be absolutely confident 
that if we were to die and we have accepted Jesus into our life, we can be confident today that if we were to die today, we would be in the kingdom of heaven with him. That's the promise. And I want you all, I want everyone, whether you're here in person today or you're listening at this and online either today or at some other time, I want us to recognise that we have, God doesn't, he doesn't want any to perish. Jesus doesn't want any to die. He doesn't want any to go into the kingdom of, of hell. In fact, the scriptures do tell us that hell was made for the, Satan and his demons. He wants us all to come to repentance. And it begins by this. It's by us acknowledging that we have a sinful heart a disobedient heart, acknowledging our sinful state and asking God to forgive us. Lord, I know I've blown it. My heart and my attitude is wrong and it's been, I've lived my life in a life of disobedience and I ask you to come and forgive me for that. I confess what I've done to you and we need to follow that up by being repentant. And repentant is, is not just being sorry about that. It's actually saying, Lord, I, I, I commit myself to you so much so that I'm going to actually in my life direction do a 180 degree turn. I'm going to stop what I'm doing and turn and do what you want me to do. It's a repentant heart. It's not just being sorry because if we're just sorry, we're likely, oh, I'm sorry I got caught. That's not a good attitude. Or I'm sorry I got caught out. Or if we are caught out and sorry for that, we probably will do it again a bit more sneakily next time. But God's not looking at what we do. Remember, he's looking at the heart and he's talking about having a heart change, a repentant heart that actually desires to do what is right and what is good. To turn from our way of doing things to God's way of doing things and then asking Jesus to come into our life and asking him to help us to live right. And he will because when we do that, he gives us a helper to help us make good choices. We still have the choice to make, but we're given a bit of a head start. The Holy Spirit will confront us, will, will guide us, will keep us in check about doing what's right. And it will be, I absolutely am confident if that is where you're at today, it will be the beginning of a whole new relationship that will be amazing and a blessing. And if you're not experiencing that, if, if you've lost your joy because of things that have happened or you've, you've been distracted in your thinking because of what's happening, God's calling us to be faithful, to endure to the end. These things are going to happen. You're going to be hated by the world. You're going to be ridiculed. You may even be called some horrible names. But it's those who endure to the end who are going to be saved, not those who start out good and finish bad. That's why we can't be religious. We can't be religious. We have to be a Christ follower. Religion will send us to hell but being a Christ follower will send us to the kingdom of heaven. And we can't, we've got to be careful that we don't allow our Christianity to direct attention to us because that's religion. Religion introduces me, but Christianity introduces Jesus Christ. 
And it's not about what I do. While I might do the right things, it's doing the right things doesn't determine who I am. Who I am determines what I do. So doing the right things is about, is about religion. But being the right person, a relationship with Jesus Christ and being the right person is going to get me into the kingdom of heaven. So that's where we're at. And I don't know where each of you are at. Maybe it's a recommitment. Maybe it's a, a time to start and take check of where we're at. Maybe it's a step for us in the very first step. I want to encourage you to do that. Let me pray for you. But I'm going to, I want to stand over here this morning. After I get down from here, there's a, we've got a music team coming up. But if you would like prayer for anything, but especially if you need to make a recommitment or you need to commit your way to the Lord Jesus Christ, I invite you to come over. Let's pray. Let's pray and ask the Lord to do that. But Father, I want to thank you that you are in control of all things, even when it doesn't seem like that in our world. But you, nothing that is happening has caught you by surprise. You've, you've told us very clearly what is going to happen in the days prior to Jesus coming back. You've told us that we will be hated by our society because of the fact that we're a Christ follower. You've told us that the, the circumstances surrounding our world and wars and threats of war and, and famines and pestilence, and these things are happening, Father, even today in increasing measure. You tell us, Father, in Matthew 24, that the increase and in prevalence of, of earthquakes and the like. And we see that, Father, happening. So we're without excuse. Help us to be faithful. Help us to keep our faith. Help us to be strong in our faith. Father, for those who have not made that decision yet, I pray today would be a day where salvation might enter into these, this household. I pray that our hearts would be challenged and shaped into your likeness. I pray that as we accept you into our life, that your Holy Spirit would make himself very much clearly noticeable that we would experience a joy, a lightning of our heart and our, our mind, that we would be released in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to be the people that you created us to be in the first place, that we would be able to discern between truth and lies, between right and wrong, between goodness and error. And I pray today, Father, that your Holy Spirit might rest in us guiding us, directing us and taking us into the next step of life that you have for us. As we enter into our mission field, as we walk out the doors of this place or we walk out the doors of our home, wherever we're watching this, I pray, Father, as we enter into our mission field that we would be committed to serving you. Our heart would be in a right relationship with you and then our minds would be... A, attributed to serving you and, and honouring you. And may your name be honoured in this moment. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.